Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us on today's show. We've got a lot to get into here on the program. We'll talk about Joey Baker's decision to enter the transfer portal. Trevor Keels did a great job at the NBA Draft Combine. A.J. Green had a visit to Duke. We've got a lot to discuss in the Duke basketball world. And for the second straight day, I've got my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk's Section 17 podcast here with us. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore and follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Be sure to subscribe to Lockdown Blue Devils wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and review and also subscribe to our YouTube page. Thank you for making Lockdown Blue Devils your first watch and listen each and every day. Josh Cox now with us and uh, buddy, we were texting back and forth a little bit towards the end of last week and you actually broke the news to me that Joey Baker was entering the transfer portal. Like your first text to me caught me completely off guard, man. Yeah. I mean that, that hit, um, no one was expecting to see that. And you know how that news travels now with social media, uh, between text messages and, uh, and, uh, and just checking Twitter and seeing things going on. Uh, I really, really was shocked uh, to see it. I didn't believe it either. Uh, I had a, a buddy of mine, one of our podcast co-hosts, Jamie, a Holt texted me, and I was like, "Man, I had to go Google, uh, you know, go on Twitter and search." And sure enough, uh, Joey Baker entering the transfer portal, uh, kind of, kind of out of nowhere, you know. It was completely out of nowhere. Like it, it was past the deadline, as a lot of people uh, brought it to our attention. There was the big deadline that we were talking about because players had to make that NBA draft declaration decision and also a transfer portal decision. Now the word out there is that Joey Baker should be able to waive. That because he is a graduate, he does have his degree, he's using a COVID-19 year of eligibility to go and look elsewhere, but it really felt like he was going to be a part of the mix for this Duke basketball team. And a lot of people want to talk about uh, the A.J. Green visit kind of in the timing of all of this coming together and that sort of thing. I don't want to look from that angle specifically, but I mean, what do you think made this move happen? Or was it that? Well, something happened. Yeah, uh, and, and you know it's it, we can only speculate, um, but something happened uh, from May the first or from the last day of March, right? Uh, or I'm sorry, the last day of April um, until this past week. Something happened in that time, and there's only a couple of things that could have happened, and one of them would be, uh, you know, did did word get back to him that kills is is coming back, right? Uh, that would have been one thing, but I, I don't see that, you know, being the thing. And then obvious, the obvious one is the AJ Green visit. But once again, man, I, I don't think the Duke has been quiet about the fact that they're looking in the transfer portal for yeah. help on the wing. I, I don't. That should not come as a shock to anyone. And so I don't know what happened, um, but something happened, and um, and Joey felt like it was the best thing for him. Uh, to move on, and I hate that because I'm a I'm a fan of Joey Baker. I like Joey a lot, and um, I hate to see him go, but I'm pulling for him. I'm rooting for him for sure. In a lot of ways, I think people are surprised that he didn't leave earlier in the off season or even years ago 
in his time in Durham. I mean, it was really weird. He was a part of the class with Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, Trey Jones, a tier under those guys, and then Joey Baker was the fifth member of that recruiting class. If you think back on his time in Durham, he actually came a year early. He reclassified in high school to join the group early, and then with four games left in the season, Duke burned his red shirt, which had a lot of people scratching their heads at that decision that was made. So to sum up his time in Durham, it's definitely been one of the more stranger careers, I think you could say, for former Duke men's basketball players, but a really fun guy to root for, good shooter uh, with the basketball. His numbers continue to develop throughout his career, but uh, he really did have a strange timeline there on the Duke basketball team. Yeah, I understand that we're talking about high-level Division One basketball, right? So I, I get it that there's that you got to check your feelings at the door and whatnot, and you got to earn your playing time and, and all these different things. I just feel like there's not been a player, in my opinion, uh, that's stayed at Duke for four years that's kind of gotten the raw end of the deal. It seems uh, like Joey. You know that the you mentioned the red shirt burn. It wasn't just that they burned his red shirt late in the season. It was that they burned his red shirt, and then they did not stick with him. They burned it for just a – I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was like 30 minutes or less uh, that he played that season of game time. Uh, and that's why they burn it. And I, and that that just blew my mind. Um, you know, he shot right at 40% from three. Um, his The three seasons he actually played, he shot right at 40% each season. Uh, and that's all you can ask for of a guy who's – Who's paid to shoot? If you want to, if you want to call it that way, he's paid to shoot, and I, I understand his defensive liability. Okay, I'm gonna make an unpopular statement here, I guess, because I made it on Twitter and people came after me. Um, but I believe he was just kind of mishandled, maybe mistreated is not the word, mishandled. Because here's the thing: if being a stout defender is what keeps you on the court at Duke then I got questions about a bunch of players sure, as to why they've stayed on the court at Duke. Because let's face it, defense has been a weak point of a Mike Krzyzewski coach team over the last few years. So, like, it cannot be simply he can't play defense. I would argue that November, December, and Jan- January, Jeremy Roach couldn't play any defense. Right. But Jeremy Roach stayed in the game and kept playing. For some reason, Joey Baker's leash was very, very short. Very short. And I hate it for him um, because I do feel like that Joey could be if, – if someone really believed in him and kind of gave him a longer leash, I mean, I think he's the kind of guy that could get on a roll shooting the ball and hit three or four threes, you know, in a really quick amount of time and really turn the tide of the game. I just don't know if he ever got that opportunity that much. Joey Baker averaged 4.1 points per game, shot 37.9% from three-point range in 89 career games for Duke. Wearing that number 13 jersey, uh, he took it right after Matt Jones wore it while winning a national championship for the Blue Devils. And when Duke made the announcement, Coach K provided a quote, quote, it was an absolute pleasure having Joey in our program. He's been a joy to coach and a great leader. I'm thrilled he'd be earning a degree from one of the greatest institutions in the world, and I wish him all the best, end quote. The internet found it absolutely wild that Coach K was the one that was quoted in Duke's release. I think that's been consistent yeah. um, with, with what the other guys he have. played for him for four years. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I don't see that. I don't see that. 
Yeah, I don't see that being an issue at all. Um, I was completely comfortable with that. In fact, I mean, honestly, if it wasn't Coach K, you're kind of wondering, like, okay, what's going on here? Like, this was his coach. Like you said, for four years, it was his head coach. And so, um, you know, all, all these statements, though, I, I, I don't know. I, only thing I will say, I, I'm not good conspiracy theorist. I will say this: something happened between the between April the 30th and last week. Something happened. And we could speculate if it was AJ Green. Yeah. We could speculate if it was Trevor Keels. We could speculate any. There's a, there's a wide variety of other things that it could be. Um, but at the end of the day, he made that decision, and he probably had to know ahead of time that he would be granted that waiver, being a grad transfer with the COVID year, and knowing he could play immediately. I don't think he would have made that decision thinking he may have to sit out. Uh, but but anyway, once again, I am I'm a Joey Baker fan. I hope Joey goes somewhere has an incredible final season uh, and just shows kind of what he could do. And I'm not wherever he lands, I'll be pulling for him. Well, we're speculating on today's show. So we're going to talk about the AJ Green angle in this and more in just a moment here on Locked On Blue Devils. Today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils here on this Tuesday, May 24th, 2022, is brought to you by our buddies at Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs. Tonight, we've got Game 4 between the Golden State Warriors and Dallas Mavericks. Get all the lines and information that you need for that one at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, welcome back into Lockdown Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson alongside Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk Section 17 podcast. A.J. Green is the transfer from Northern Iowa. His dad is an assistant coach at Iowa State. It has been believed to be a two-school race between the Duke Blue Devils and the Iowa State Cyclones. This past weekend, A.J. Green was on an official visit to Duke. It went incredibly well. Josh, you and I are always in the know on the Duke community, the Duke chat, the Duke circles, message boards, whatever it may be. We are well aware of the fact that there are some 24-7 sports crystal ball projections now in Duke's favor for A.J. Green. But let's kind of talk about this angle and this shooting guard saga that's taking place right now for Duke. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is obvious that – John Shire believes that the other four positions in that starting lineup are pretty solidified. Um, and that's that two guard is, is going to be either Trevor Keels um, or it's going to be a grad transfer. Now we just got finished talking about our guy, Joey Baker. My personal opinion is I don't think that was necessarily ever a consideration. I believe it was always going to be Trevor Keels or grad transfer. My opinion Um and so we've had several different names, you know, to, that have that have kind of come up uh, in the in the transfer portal, and Duke fans have paid attention. And then we've we've one by one seen those guys commit elsewhere. Um, and this this AJ Green angle, um, because he's basically down to just Duke and Iowa State, has really got Duke fans excited. And listen, I understand wanting to play for your dad. I get that. I believe there's something. Uh, to that didn't work out so well for the last guy who chose to not come to Duke and go play for his father, uh, Mr. Patrick Baldwin Jr., yes. um, who 
who had a very disappointing season. His dad got fired <laughs> um, during that season. And so I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's very difficult, man. I mean, think about that. It's very difficult uh, for this this kid to come on campus at Duke, to look up at Cameron Indoor Stadium and see those five banners there, to know that that while all the media attention was on Duke last year because of Coach K, all the media attention is going to be on Duke again this year because it's John Shire's first season. And knowing that you're going to get to play at the highest level and you're going to get that exposure, and if you are that good, which he, I believe he is that good, um, you're going to be able to do that in front of a whole lot, uh, a lot more eyeballs than you would at Iowa State. And so um, I'd have a hard time saying no uh, if yeah. I was A.J. Green. Well, here, that's the thing. When you look at this and, and making the decision that he is, and again, A.J. Green has not made – that decision. It feels as though we're getting closer to that decision being made for Mr. AJ Green, but not there yet. When you're talking about playing at Iowa State versus Duke, from a basketball perspective, what's best? What's the greater move? It's Duke basketball. It's not even a question. I will give credit to Iowa State for the turnaround that they had this past season. They had two wins in the year right after COVID. Two. Overall wins on their season and then made a run all the way to the Sweet 16. Phenomenal turnaround there for Iowa State. But still, Duke is the greater move. The angle in all of this that is so surprising is just the fact that his dad is on the coaching staff. Uh, as a son myself, as a son yourself, Josh, you've got a couple of little girls that doesn't really apply in this scenario. But the idea of playing for your dad mm-hmm. at that level, I think, is really hard to sway people not to go in that direction. Personally speaking, I don't know how I wouldn't go play for my father if that option were on the table, but it's a really good alternate option for A.J. Green to go play basketball at Duke. I guess I'm just surprised because while the thought was out there, while the chatter was there, I really didn't think that there would be this much momentum going in Duke's favor. Yeah, I mean, and and maybe – if you're looking at the exposure and the brand and the global footprint that Duke has, you know, maybe as a father, you have that private conversation that maybe you would never share until years from now, where you say, as much as I'd love for you to come to Iowa state and play here, it's going to be the best move for your career to go to Durham. And, and, you know, once again, as a father, I could see that coming into play. Like as much as I want you to stay here with me, it's best for you that you go. And so, you know, maybe, maybe that's the case, but like you said, I mean, we're, we're getting crystal ball, shout out Adam Rowe. Uh, we're getting crystal ball uh, to Duke. Um, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here too. I'm just, just to, to clarify for those that are listening and watching, um, I believe he has, does he have two years because he had a hip injury um, not last year, the year before last, and he only played like three games. So like, I'm assuming there's a medical red shirt in there. I'll have to verify. I, you know, Ryan Young, we know, does have two years of eligibility yeah. coming over from Northwestern. A.J. Green, I'm not as certain on that. I was under yeah, the assumption I, that it was just one season, but I don't know. Let me see. Yeah, I'm just – I'm looking at, at um, honestly, like his basketball reference stats yeah. and stuff, and I'm seeing the three seasons, and I'm wondering – is there like a COVID season medical? There should be, yeah. There and, absolutely and a grad be. transfer. Like I don't know if that if that matters. Anyway, I, I'm not up on all the eligibility there. All I know is this: uh, if if Duke were to land 
AJ Green and he were to be um, the starting two guard um, in our system, we're getting a guy who's consistently played high volume minutes. Um, he has consistently shot the ball well from both from two point range and three point range. Uh, once again, shooting at that around forty percent between thirty eight and forty percent clip uh, his uh, for his career, um, averaging. Uh, let's see, we're, we're, oh yeah, points per game. Uh, 19.7, 18.8 in his last two uh, complete seasons and full seasons there at Northern Iowa. And so that's the kind of player we're getting. Uh, obviously, we've already made note of this, coach's son, um, a basketball coach's son. And so there's there's a, a lot to be said. I believe if we do land A.J. Green, uh, it gives us um, an edge that we may not have uh, with anyone else there. And so – Hey, I mean, as with all these solid grad transfers, the more of them that can come to Duke and give us 21-year-old men, 22-year-old men on this roster to pair with some of these 18- and 19-year-old freshmen, the more of those we get, the better. I think I'm seeing more of just one year of eligibility left for A.J. Green the more I look at it. But point still remains on everything that's saying here. And it's wild that I'm in such a Duke men's basketball space that for the last three weeks, when you say A.J. Green, I'm thinking of a shooting card from Northern Iowa that is a two-time reigning D, uh, player of the year in the Missouri Valley Conference when there is an A.J. Green who happens to be a Pro Bowl wide receiver for the Cincinnati yeah. Bengals for so many years. Probably a future Hall of Yeah, I mean, yeah. but all of a sudden, I don't think of him anymore. I only think of this <laughs> possible transfer target for Duke. Let's take one more time out here on Locked On Blue Devils, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Trevor Keels. He was turning heads at the NBA Combine. That's next right here on Locked On Blue Devils. want to let you know about Locked On Sports today. Thank you for making Locked On Blue Devils your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest sports stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Final segment here on today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. My, oh my, Josh, when we take a look at uh, Trevor Keels, people are loving what he was able to do at the NBA Draft Combine this past week. Yeah, it was an interesting week, wasn't it? Because um, uh, Jonathan Givoni tweeted out his measurables, right? So uh, we, we shout out Mark Williams, by the way, who measures off the charts. Um, and and Trevor's uh, was not great, right? And so, like, the beginning of the combine, it's like, oh, man, this doesn't look good. Like, uh, bottom in the bottom echelon of, like, the standing vertical and, like, all these different things. I mean, and, and we all know this. I mean, we've seen Trevor's body make up. He's not the most uh, – defined and ripped guy either um he's strong as an ox but that's not his thing and so you know as a duke fan who really would like to see trevor come back for a second season i was kind of like wow you know his measurements aren't great but then he worked out for teams and went through a work uh a um multiple different you know skill sets and things like that and the video that's emerged from that um I mean, it was like peak Trevor Keels. It was like, yeah. it was incredible. And then you had, and Paulo, by the way, just in case Duke fans are wondering just what kind of kid he is, 
the fact that he's at that combine and he's cheering on his teammates. He did the same thing for Wendell, um, but he he tweeted that he's just not he had not seen NBA execs and front office guys so excited and applauding like he had for when Trevor got done with his workouts. And so then as a Duke fan who wants Trevor kills to come back, I'm thinking, Oh man, it's done now it's done. You know? So uh, he did show out. I will say this, a couple of small things that I saw this week, uh, this past week about the uh, combine, he did not participate in five on five. Um, and, and a lot of times uh, guys who have a first round guarantee from a team will not participate in five on five. So I think all signs are pointing towards Trevor kills staying um, in the draft and 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 being drafted sometime in that late first round. Yeah, I think it turns into just the biggest shock at this point if mm-hmm. Trevor Keels were to say, I'm going to come back and play another season at Duke. It just does not seem like it's going in that direction because he's been so great at the Combine, and really we know what kind of player he can be. He's going to get that opportunity to develop at the next level. We're coming up on a deadline, so hopefully – we can get a decision officially here in a couple of days because that's going to be that's just the one thing I want in this Josh like I just want to put this to bed not have to speculate and really be able to root on Trevor Keels and turn our attention into the fact that only once before in the history of the NBA draft has a school had five first round selections and Duke would have an opportunity then at that point to become the second school ever to do that behind Kentucky in 2010 yeah, can I make a bold prediction here, Lee? Something we might want to revisit in five years. Okay. Here's a bold prediction. Uh, whoever drafts Wendell Moore after Trevor Keels is going to be the winner of all of, the, of all of this. When And this is nothing against Trevor Keels. This is all positive Wendell Moore. Wendell Moore is more athletic. Wendell Moore is as good of a defender. Let's just say their defense is equal. Wendell Moore shot the three at 40%. Wendell Moore has three years, even though he's young, three years of college under his belt, has played in bigger games, um, has been a team captain under Mike Krzyzewski. I just think we're going to look five years into this, and I'm not saying that Trevor Kills will not be successful. Yeah, I just believe we're going to look five years into this, and we may see Wendell Moore playing a role like Gary Trent Jr., uh, or or Grayson Allen, and and we may not see Trevor Kills playing that role on a team in five years. And I that's my hot take. My hot take is somehow Wendell Moore Jr. is is listed as as being drafted behind him. And I don't understand because I've, the measurables are there for Wendell, the wingspan, the jumping ability, the shooting ability. I don't under I don't get it. I don't. I don't it's like he's being he's being penalized for being in school three years, even though he was basically a 16 year old kid, evidently, uh, when he showed up to Durham for for his freshman season. So that's my take. My take is in five years from now, whoever drafted Window Moore, wherever he is playing, he will have a more successful career. And that does not mean Trevor Kills is not going to be successful. It means that I'm high on Window Moore. It doesn't. It wasn't a Mailbag Monday episode when we asked that question before, but I posed that question. I think probably to Brendan Marks and a couple of other guys on the show, I'm trying to recall who's going to be the better pro between those two guys. And I think a lot of people are starting to trend more in the Wendell Moore realm. I know the question was asked very frequently of the two guys, Wendell Moore Jr. and Trevor Keels, who's more likely to return to Duke for a second season. But uh, I can't wait to see what Wendell's NBA career looks like. Josh, as always, this has been a whole lot of fun. Remind folks where they could find your work and about the Section 17 podcast. 
Yeah, certainly. You can find us on Twitter at DukeFBTalk. On Facebook, you can search Duke Football Talk. And then uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, it's, the, it's called the Section 17 Podcast. We'd love to have you uh, subscribe, uh, rate and review us. Um, rate and review Locked On Blue Devils, uh, what the good work JJ does here as well. Uh, Duke Athletics, we need to be talking more and more. We talk Duke football. JJ talks everything. But the more you rate and review, the more Duke Athletics gets out there in the podcast world. So that would be a, a huge favor that both of us would ask of you right now. Josh, I certainly do appreciate the time. I hope you enjoy the Memorial Day weekend coming up and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon, okay? Thanks, JJ. Have a great day, man. That's my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk Section 17 Podcast joining us here on the show. And that's going to wrap up another edition of the program. Joey Baker entering the transfer portal. Big news for Duke. What does it mean for Trevor Keels and A.J. Green? We hope you feel better about that question after listening to our conversation. All right, we'll be back with you tomorrow on a brand new edition of Locked On Blue Devils. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you then. My name is J.J. Jackson. Thank you and good day.